0: All right. Anyone wants to go ahead and share with us what is one thing you learned from that particular study? While I open to a scripture, um,
1: yeah, I'm actually looking hoping somebody comes to our rescue. Um, faith, nonso, um, to sin, joy, Cecile uh this was a lot, uh, I don't see everybody's name but just one thing I want to be sure that and the reason why we ask this is just to first firstly um you know keep us remembrance but secondly also to know if there actually was a learning point right um and I was listening to a minister's conference today earlier today I'm um, just talking about the importance of how practical the word of god is so this is i guess is a feedback for me also so if nobody can say anything that means that means that means well i didn't do a good job so i just would like to know one thing we learned from last from the helmet of salvation bible study we did all right nobody okay so i take it that. We'll, we'll need to come back to this Bible study at a later time because none of us remember anything. Um, that means it wasn't as practical. Okay, okay. All right. So today we're looking at um we're looking at the sword of the spirit. Um and this is <laughs> I'm smiling because this is our last by our last um, what's it called now? The last Bible study in this series. So we're having one series since this year started and that has been on the armor of god all right and for the armor of god we started off with um the belt of truth that's from and our anchor text um, was from Ephesians chapter 6. so from verse 13 down um we talked about the belt, belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness your feet being fitted with the preparation of the gospel the um the shield of faith, where we to quantify that of the enemy, the helmet of salvation, and then we are here at the sword of the spirit. Okay. So today's Bible study is titled The Sword of the Spirit, and this is our last our uh, last uh Bible study for this particular series. So I'm I'm excited. Um I mean I'm I have mixed feelings actually because one I miss, I miss, I mean, I guess I'll miss the fact that we have be having like in-depth study on these lines, but also I'm excited that we're, we're finally done because I didn't think it would take us this long. Um, honestly, if you had asked me, i will probably say, oh, just maybe one month at most. But um, as God will have it, here we are. All right. So the, the sword of the Spirit, all right? And let us read Ephesians chapter 6, verse, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. That is our anchor text but i'm going to start from verse 13 just read everything through all right so ephesians chapter 6 i'm starting from verse 13 but verse 17 is our emphasis okay so it says wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand then it says stand therefore Having your loins gird about with truth, and that's where we get the the breast the sorry the, the um belt of truth right, and says and having on the breastplate of righteousness, verse sixteen, and your feet shod sorry verse fifteen and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and under this we looked at the fact that we should be ready, we should have a what we call a saint mentality, meaning we should be ready to go to wherever God will send us at every point in time, not just in terms of geographic locations, but even in terms of more uh, so in terms of the destinies of people, going to people, and being prepared to be sent to people and being sensitive to even those that God has already sent us to that, are, that is within our sphere of influence. Alright? Then verse um, 16 says, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And, th- and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So Paul here clearly, he doesn't leave us in doubt as to what the sword of the Spirit is. He clearly states that the sword of the Spirit here we are referring to the word of God. Okay, so in this whole armor, and, and I, very, I find it very interesting how that Paul was able to articulate the various aspects of the um, armor and then relate it to certain aspects of our Christian faith and what we should do. You know, we started off at the beginning of this series by saying that this is the armor of God, meaning not, no piece of this armor originates from us. We may be the ones wearing it, but no piece of the armor you know, originates from us or starts from us. We did not create any of this piece. Secondly is that it is the armor of God, meaning it has this supernatural empowerment and ability from God. And that reminds me of the scripture in um, 2 Corinthians that says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not human made. They are not fleshy, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the weapons of our warfare don't have their origin in flesh. Same way the armor that we have been enjoined to put upon doesn't have its origin in the flesh. Rather, it has its origin from God. So God is the is the supplier of the armor and he's the um, strength behind the armor, all right? So every aspect of this armor is empowered by God, is God-originated. So when Paul says the sword of the spirit, uh, which is the word of God. I mean, among others, this is quite clear enough that the sword of the spirit uh, is the word of God. is not your word. It's not your idea. is not your um, anything. It's just, it's not yours. It's, it's the word of God. Okay, so when Paul says, um, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, um, a question would come in, and we, we want to answer this question, really. When it says, take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, what really is the Word of God? And um, or in this context, right, what is the Word of God? And this is an important question to ask because it sets the, um, the basis for handling this sword of the Spirit, all right? It helps us understand what this sort of the spirit is and then how we can handle it. Because if we say the sort of the spirit is the word of God, I mean, someone can say, if I take the Bible or I have a hard copy Bible here, um, if I hold this Bible like this, does that mean I'm holding the sort of the spirit? And you know, if you are Nigerian and you watch Nigerian movies, there are some type of Nigerian movies you see where, like I like to joke about this, that they take the Bible, hard copy Bible, and put it in their under their pillow to sleep. And the idea is that I have the word of God under my pillow, so the devil cannot harass me. I, I assure you, very, very, I say unto you, you'll be the first person the devil harass, because the sword of the spirit is not just the physical um, Bible. I mean, so what, what then happens with those of us that also use the Bibles on our phone, all right? Does that mean we don't have the sword of the spirit or the sword? In our hand is smaller, or you know, just think about it. Obviously, it is that's not what it means, basically. All right, so I want to start off by, um, I want to start off by explaining what the sword of the spirit is, or what you know, the Bible says the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So I want to start off rather right by explaining what the word is. <laughs> Faith says electronic sword. I like that. All right, um, so let us begin to, to. To help understand this scripture, right, we need to do a little bit of linguistic, um, take, a, take a linguistic approach to understanding the words used in this scripture, right? So the purpose of this is not to make anything complex, but just to help us understand what Paul was referring to. And then we'll see how it connects with several portions of the scripture as well. So let us start. Um, when we, The Bible says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the, the Greek word translated word of God in that scripture is different from many other parts where we find the word of God, okay? Now to, and, and this is something many of us are already conversant with, but I'd love to go over it again. That first of all, the Bible wasn't written in English. And if you study well, you see that English is a very limited language to start with, all right? So in the Greek that the word of God was written, that the New Testament rather was written in, um, there are two words translated as word of God. One, we have the logos, and then two, we have the rema. And I'm going to explain this very simply for us, okay? Um, Logos is a Greek word from which we get the English word logic. And that simply means um, a compilation of thoughts, all right? Um, a, A summation of thoughts. So let's say, for instance, uh, my friend Bayo, right, is on the call. Because I've been friends with Bayo for how many years now? Maybe since, if I count, well, maybe since 2009. 2009. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I've been friends with Bayo since 2009. This is um, um, 12, 13 years or something. I'm not sure. Please do the math for me. But since 2009, anyways. So because I'm friends with Bayo, I know the way Bayo thinks. If we go to a if we go to a program i can sort of predict what Bio would do if there's a situation at hand and um, we need to make a choice and Bio is not there i can to a large extent say, predict what choice Bio would make because i'm his friend i've hung around him for a while i understand the way he thinks i understand the logic of his thinking right um bios temperament is different from my temperament all right but I, because I understand the way bio thinks, I can sort of make decisions on his behalf to a large extent because I understand the way he thinks. I understand the logic. That's the, the way he will interpret events and arrive at a conclusion. Okay. Now, that is where we get the Greek word from Logos. That Logos is a compilation of thoughts that help us understand God that we understand the the personality of God. We understand the way God would think or the way God thinks rather, the way God acts. You know, the Bible says that the people of Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew his ways. Moses understood the logic. Moses could tell that even without God verbally saying, do this or do that, Moses could tell that based on God that I know, he will not be happy with this. He will be happy with that. That is what logos means entirely. And this summation of thoughts or ideas is what is captured as the entire scripture, because the Bible lets us know in Timothy that the word of God is profitable for direction, for reproof, for correction, for establishment in righteousness, for building, for everything. Right. So the word of God in its entire entirety is um, important for the up up upbringing or for the growth of a of a believer because. The word of God lets us know the thoughts of God, lets us know the way God thinks, his ideas and all of that. So that is the logos, the general summation of God's word. So if you study God's word consistently, the expectation is that at some point you should begin to think like God will think. At some point you should be able to dispense judgment and justice the way God will do it. At some point you should be able to treat people the way God will treat them because you are you are you are learning God's God's ideas, God's, God's ideology, God's logic, the way he, he treats people. You will now read from scripture that, oh, God causes the rain to fall both on the good and the bad. And you are wondering which kind of God wants you just separate. If my neighbor, for instance, is a bad person, let rain fall in my house and rain, let rain not fall in my neighbor's house. But God says, no, I allow the sun to shine on both the good and bad. You now begin to see that God is even generous to those that offend him. Then you begin to understand that generosity is not a is not it's not based on who you like and who you don't like it's based on the the benevolence of god's heart so that i whole idea and concept begins to influence your action um and then you begin to think like god and act like god and you get that because you have you are studying the logos the scripture the entirety of god's word so that is what the logos is okay however when we come to the second greek word which is the Rhema, all right now the Rhema of god refers to the uttered word of god and i like it I, I read the definition earlier today on a christian blog and i just i wrote it down because i wanted it to read for us so it says they say here that erema is a verse or portion of scripture that the holy spirit brings to our attention with application to a current situation or a need for direction and where this comes from is from the idea that erema is an uttered word the, the greek the greek um meaning of Rema, is either a spoken word or an uttered word, meaning a word that is voiced out, a word that is um, released and spoken towards a, towards a person or a group of people, you know, for a particular um, reason or for a particular season. Now, that word, and I let me go over this, what I just read again, it says, a Rema is a verse or portion of scripture that the Holy Spirit brings to our, to our intention. So, for instance, in the in the um, in the my journey of reading the logos, right? I might be reading the scripture, reading the scripture, and then God highlights a portion of this logos in my heart, and that portion speaks to me directly. Let's say, for instance, I want to start a business, okay? And I'm I'm reading the word of God, I'm, and, and the idea for the business has come into my heart but I don't have any word from God concerning that business, all right? And so I'm studying the word of God. For instance, let's say my normal um, Bible study, just personal Bible study, I'm reading the word of God. Maybe I'm reading the story of, of Esther, for instance. And then I get to the part where, I get to the part where Modica tells Esther that, oh, you came to the palace for such a time as this. And then God gives me a revelation and says that, I'm going to make your business succeed because life will depend on the success of your business. Now, that word suddenly jumps at my heart, okay? For me, that is now a rema word for me because it is a portion of scripture or a verse of scripture that God highlights for me specifically for a particular situation that is at hand. And this rema of God is super important. So when we go to the scripture that says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the Greek there is, which is the rhema of God. So it is not just the entirety of God's word I, I, in sense of the logos that is referred to as the sword of, of, of the spirit. No. Um, but the specific revealed portions of scripture that God has highlighted to you for that particular situation at that particular instance is what Paul is saying. We should take it as our sword. All right. We should take it as the sword of the spirit. All right, so I hope that is clear enough. So rema is that word that the Holy Ghost highlights to you. So you might be reading um, a, a, a let's say probably you're reading the Psalms and you are reading the Psalm and it says um, the angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear the Lord and you are reading all of that and then suddenly. Maybe your office posted you to a particular branch, and you feel like in that branch you there are so many. Based on the reports you have heard there in fact that branch is bloody. It's like it's like it's like the sea, and there are so many sharks waiting to eat up people. And if you are not careful, you just, they'll just really eat you up. And somewhere you are afraid. And then while while you are reading that scripture, that scripture from Psalm thirty-five you know, just jumps at your heart and says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him. Then God connects another scripture from Daniel and says, even though Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, he was surrounded by lions, but because the angels of God were with him, the lions could not eat him. So that rhema word comes to you and gives you hope and faith, right? That even if you go to that branch or to that office where there are lions ready to devour, none of them will be able to touch you because the angels of God are, w- are with you. Now that is a rhema word of God to you. I may read that scripture, but I wouldn't get it, all right? Somebody else may read that scripture, but not get a rhema word. In fact, they may have that scripture as a memory verse, but a memory verse does not translate into a rhema word, all right? And that is what Paul was saying, that you take that rhema word, that instruction from scripture, that assurance, that highlighted portion of scripture, you take it with you and it becomes the sword of the spirit in your hand, all right? And let me just say here that even though it is the sword of the spirit, it is handled by the hand of man. So it is the sword of spirit, sword of the spirit handled by man. All right. And I'll, I'll explain what this means when we look at the application, you know, further down. But I hope this helps us explain, um, you know, the logos and the rhema word. All right. Uh, and so for someone, maybe you are trying to you know, launch into something or, or maybe you want to, I mean, I remember, I remember when I wanted to get married and I, I, I prayed and I I was asking God, Lord, what is the scripture for me? What is the, what is the orema word for me? What is that scripture that I can hold on to? And for me, God uh, highlighted several verses from Psalm 18 and in Psalm 18, I saw different verses. And one of the verses, you know, that God highlighted to me was the fact that I will make your feet like the hinds feet and you you mount upon your high places and what i saw from that was that god will give me strength so that i can climb difficult terrains because for me then it looked like a difficult terrain there was just so many things that i didn't have sorted out but from that scripture i saw that god said he was going to give my um give me the feet of the of the deer or the hind feet so i can climb upon my high places and that was an encouragement for me that was a strength for me so in different situations and different seasons of your life if you are diligent with your in your fellowship with God, God would always give you scriptures, um, Rhema verses of scripture that would serve as anchor for you in that season. Okay, so it is this rema now that we understand what it is. It is this rema that Paul says you take it as the sword of the spirit. So it's not just the entire word of God. Oh, I read from I read Genesis to Revelation, so I have the sword of the spirit. Not necessarily, you only have the sword of the spirit when God has highlighted. And had brought a rema word to you. When God has brought a rema word to you, then you have the sword of the Spirit. Okay. And what are some of these verses? I want to. I want us to read some of these verses that talk that specifically talk about the rema word of God. So, first scripture I want us to look at is John chapter six, verse sixty-three. You know, and and while we're speaking, I'll love us to share. I mean, at some point I will get to a point, but i would love us to share an experience that we've had where God spoke a rhema word was either in a difficult situation or it may be an impossible situation or something and then how that word how you how that word was what was able to strengthen you give you encouragement and hope and then what the outcome of it was I would love to hear maybe two testimonies from anyone who is willing to share okay but we'll get to that point I will let us know so John chapter 6 verse 63 John chapter 6, verse 63. Okay, so Jesus Christ was the one speaking here. And he said, it is the spirit that quickens. Um, Quickens here means gives life or energizes. It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. He says, the words that I speak to you. The Greek here is the rhema. The rhema that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So, Jesus Christ was saying that every time I speak a rhema to you, and this, again, buttresses the fact that rhema is an uttered word. Jesus was saying that every time I speak a rhema to you, it carries with it life and spirit, all right? The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So, the rhema of God has the ability to quicken you. Has the ability to energize you and set you up on your feet. And if for, at any point in time you are in a situation that you feel you feel defeated or you feel it looks like an impossible situation, let me tell you what you need. You need a Rema word from God. Because when Rema comes, it doesn't just excite you. No, it empowers you. Rema doesn't just excite you and say, Oh, whoa, 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 I've gotten something, I'm excited. In fact, many times, you know, you know, if you went to I mean, if you when a fellowship in um, university, you would have would have seen this um, this kind of behavior from students where they come and then they have one revelation and understanding from God's word and they're excited and I mean they're jumping up and they up and down which is good, but it doesn't necessarily translate into rema. A an understanding or revelation from God's word is not exactly what rema is. Rema is a direct word that comes to you for that particular season. You might get an understanding. So, for instance, now while studying for this um, Bible study, right, I got understanding on some scriptures, but those scriptures are not rema to me. They are obvious. They, they are understanding a revelation from God's word, but it's not a rema for my life right now. It's not what God is speaking to me right now. Okay, so you might get excited. By revelation which is fantastic because revelation truly excites you but beyond that excitement when you get a rema word it doesn't just excite you alone it empowers you to do something or to be something in a particular season that's what jesus christ was saying that the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life they have the ability to empower you to energize you to set you up for a particular experience all right so that's one scripture. Another scripture I want us to look at is Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 5. Um, this was when you know Jesus Christ met these guys, Peter and his and his colleagues on the water. They had toiled all night, they didn't catch any fish. And then he said he said to them again, You know what? Let your net one more time. Okay, and look at what Peter said in verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the nights and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. Again, the Greek translated here is at thy rhema, I will let down the net. So Peter was saying, we did not catch anything all, all through the night. We've, we've done all, our, all we knew to do. We've tried our best. At this point, we're ready to give up. But he said, nevertheless at diorama meaning that maybe you have tried applied so for a applied for jobs you're trying to change jobs, to apply for jobs, apply for jobs for so long but and nothing keeps nothing has comfort and at this point you are you have almost just given up or just settled but god now comes and gives you a scripture and says um for instance he says instead of your shame i'll give you double for instance, now and then that rema comes to you, and from that rema, God speaks to you and says that I what I, what I will do is I will double this your salary that you think is so small. Everything you earn in a year, I will double it and give it to you in one month. And based on that rema that comes to you, you begin to look for a job. So it's the same thing Peter said that we've talked all night. Nevertheless, at direma. So when the word of God comes, when the rema of God comes to you, it energizes you. To take an action it doesn't just make you make you excited and you sit down it energizes you to do something or to become something all right so this was what peter experienced and we know the end result. they caught so much fish that um their nets began to break okay um let me just say something here okay no i'll come to it later don't worry. just never mind i'll come to it later but the rema of god you know energizes us the rema of god creates it creates now I have to say it <laughs> because I'm, 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 I'm just standing towards it. So, but there's something I wrote in my note here. Let me just say it right away. That the rhema of God legitimizes an experience in your life or business or family or marriage or ministry or whatever it is. But the rhema of God legitimizes the experience of something in your life. And a good example is where we just read. Peter had toiled all night with his, with his colleagues, caught nothing. But Jesus Christ came and gave him a rhema word. And that rhema word legitimized the experience of a net-breaking miracle. So many times, it is not just... And and you know what? Peter did not do anything different. There was nothing different from what he did um, the other times. It was the same thing he did. The only thing that changed was that a rhema word had come. So maybe if you have been trying, 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 and you've been hitting a brick wall, maybe you need to go to God and obtain a Rema Award because, among other things, the Rema Award gives you, it legitimizes an experience in your life. So if, for instance, you have been trying to, um, let's say, for instance, you'll be trying to buy a house. If you trying to buy a house, you know, you've asked property agents, you have gone on, you know, on house hunting, you've looked here, yeah, looked right. You even try saving money, you've tried applying for a mortgage, nothing just seemed to be working and you're frustrated. Then you go back to God and you're praying, you're praying, you're waiting on God on it. And then God speaks to you and a word and says, maybe from Psalm 44, verse 3, uh, or Psalm 44, here it says that they got not the land by their sword or by their strength, but by the favor of God, or, you know, by the light of His countenance, because Thou has had favor on Him, and that rema word comes to you. I can show you that if with that rema, if you go back and do the same thing you did that didn't work, automatically you just see doors opening, doors opening, because the rema word of God gives you a legitimate, um, it gives you the spiritual legality to experience what He talks about. Do you understand? So the rema word of God legitimizes an experience in your life. Okay, it legitimizes an experience. Another example is um, still, still with Peter. When Jesus Christ was walking on water, he was walking on water, and then Peter said, ah, Lord, if you are the one, tell me to come. And then Jesus Christ said, come. That was a rhema word. On a normal day, Peter could not have walked on water. But because Jesus Christ spoke a rhema word to him, it legitimized his experience of walking on water. If he had tried it another time, he would have, and you know, Peter is a fisherman. And I'm sure after this, he probably, in fact, probably let us know that he went to fish at some point when Jesus Christ had died and they they had not yet seen him. He went back to fishing. He could not have walked on water at that point because there was no rhema word to legitimize that experience. So when we receive a rhema from God, it is, a it is almost like receiving a court order a court order that says this thing is permitted to happen in your life without that court order for instance you might be struggling here and there but you'll be hitting brick walls but then when the courts of heaven release a rhema it legitimizes an experience in your life so let me will say this that before you pray before you do anything first go and wait on god let god give you a rhema word from that rema word, you find out that you can wage warfare. You can move on and and take steps that would yield results because a rema word has come. All right, this has just literally mixed up my notes because I was going to come to this later, but that's fine. So another um, example is Matthew chapter four, verse four. Um, we're still looking at just rema words from scripture, and the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because when Paul says, "Take on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." Like I said, it is the rhema of God that Paul was referring to, all right? So Matthew chapter four and verse four. Um, Where are we? Okay, Matthew chapter four, verse four. So this was the temptation of Jesus Christ and Jesus' response, response. Matthew four, verse four says, but he answered and said, this is Jesus answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus Christ, in response to Satan's temptation, said to him that it is written, so it is a code of existence that is contained in the Bible, that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. And this, the context of this scripture was that Satan came to Jesus and said, uh-uh, you are hungry, you've been fasting for so long, and you are hungry, just turn these stones to bread. So in response to that, Jesus Christ said, don't you know that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? First of all, that the Greek word there is translated the rhema of god so man does not even bread alone but on every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of god all right so again this shows you the idea of rhema being a proceeding word okay but what jesus christ was also saying in that um, by 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 quoting this to the enemy is that in the moment of temptation in the moment of adversity What man needs for sustenance is not just bread, eating food, but he needs a word from God, a rhema of God to sustain him. Now, how do I know this? I know this because if you look at the original place where this was quoted, that is in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse nine. Let me tell you what, look at what what, uh, Moses told them, Um, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three, sorry, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three. Um, look at what Moses told them. He says, <clears throat> so Moses was giving, was explaining, okay, let, let me let me read from verse two. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 days in the wilderness. So God led them 40, 40 years, sorry, 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, that is to test thee, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Verse three says, and he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and he fed you with manna, which y- you thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know. He says, the reason is that he might make you know that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of, of, of God. So what Moses was explaining that the reason why God took you through the wilderness and fed you with manna is so that you will know, that man doesn't live on bread alone. But that sounds quite ironic because if you are giving them food and you're trying to tell them that they should not live by food alone, it sounds contradictory, But it, it, and it will look contradictory if you don't understand what the underlying message. The underlying message wasn't the manna, the physical food itself. The underlying message was the act of provision in the wilderness. And what Moses was saying is that even though you were in a wilderness, God still supplied you with what, what could strengthen you. And when Jesus Christ quoted this in Matthew chapter 4, he was quoting it to say that if so a person is going through a, a wilderness season, because Jesus Christ was in the wilderness for 40 days, just the same way the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years. And they will, in the wilderness for 40 years, the Israelites were also tried. Jesus, um, 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 God tried them basically in the wilderness for 40 years jesus christ was saying the same thing that he had been in the wilderness for 40 days he was also tempted you know the bible says that he was driven to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil so it was the holy spirit that drove that drove jesus to the wilderness that propelled him to the wilderness to be tested it was not the devil that moved jesus to the wilderness it was the holy spirit that moved jesus to the wilderness it's not that the devil was the instructor to carry out the testing and so Jesus was saying that if you are going through a season of testing, what you need is not physical food. What you need is a rhema word from God. Because man does not live on by, live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father, by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. So one of the things that a rhema does for us is that it strengthens us through wilderness seasons. So if you are going through a period of difficulty, uh, maybe things are not just working out, and uh, they're not coming You know uh, they're not falling in place. You try this, you try that, and it doesn't doesn't just seem to work. What you need is a rema word because it will energize you and strengthen you through that season. Because in every wilderness season there is testing. There is a testing that comes from the devil. For the for the Israelites, their wilderness season had a lot of testing where they were tempted to mo You know they were tempted to to go back to Egypt. They were tempted to build another calf. And for the most part they fell for that temptation because they did not understand that man does not live on bread, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the father. So that's what one of the things the rema word does for us. It energizes us to go through wilderness seasons without fainting, without giving up. All right. Okay. So having seen this, and um, I believe I will begin to tie this up actually to now show us the application of this. All right. Um, Two things I just want to say, I've already said one of it. Let me, let me take that again concerning the Rema word. Number one is that the Rema word, and I'm going to say this again, the Rema word of God legitimizes an experience in your life. Okay. Meaning that the Rema word gives the legal, legal basis for that experience to happen. You know, God may have, you may have seen a promise from from God already that's available to every believer and, and every promise in scripture actually is available to every believer through Jesus Christ. It, but the fact that it is available doesn't mean it is, it would happen yet. <clears throat> so for instance, um, every believer ought to work in health and healing, meaning that you ought to work in perfect health. And if you are sick, you have access to healing from God's word. That is something every believer should have. But the fact that it is in God's word that you should be healed does not mean that you would automatically be healed um, just because it is in God's word. What legitimizes you to have that experience is that you now have a rhema word concerning that healing. And, you know, for me, when I, for me, the rhema word of God that I got concerning healing and that has sustained me even in perfect health is two things that, number one, jesus christ he himself took away our sicknesses and infirmities, and that thing came to me i've had it being quoted several times but the day it came to me it came to me it was my own And i no longer quote it because i hate somebody i quote it because i know it in my spirit that he himself took away our infirmities so if jesus christ took it away then i cannot have what he has already taken it's like me coming to your house and i take your television Except you buy another TV, you don't have a television, all right? And I'm not ready to buy another sickness. I will not bring sickness by myself. So if Jesus Christ took away the sickness, then I cannot have it. The second scripture for me is Romans 8, verse 11, that if the spirit of he that raised Christ from the dead, dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that lives in you. So that scripture, anytime my body tries to feel funny sickness and everything i go back to that scripture as my anchor because it has come to me as revelation now re- this rema has legitimized the experience of sound health in my life so what i'm saying is that the fact the scriptures have a lot of promises and uh, that is available to all believers doesn't necessarily mean you automatically have access to it what will give, grant you access to the experience is that you have gotten the rema of god concerning that particular matter okay so the realm of god legitimizes an experience in your life and once that is done it becomes a basis for you to wage spiritual warfare so it is with this that you can then wage spiritual warfare so if for instance um i received god's promises concerning my finances i received the rhema word of god concerning my finances all right that um, I would not be a borrower, but I'll be a lender. So let's say that what has come to me as a revelation. But then for some reason, I see, I find myself in situations that warrant me to borrow. And then I can go back to God, go back in prayer, right? Because I have received a Rema word of God consigning my finances. That Rema word has legitimized the experience of me not having to borrow for, for anything, and then I take that word and I go into prayers and exercise, or rather, and um, engage in spiritual warfare because I have a legitimate right. An example is this. Um, let's say, let's say there's a land dispute. You bought a land, somebody else came and to claim that he also bought a land. What you naturally do is you take the case to court. Let the court settle who the real owner is. Now, the court eventually settles and says, you know what, you are the real owner of this land. Look at, we have looked at the paper, we've looked at the document, we've looked at the owner, everything, we have judged that you are the right owner of this land. Now, it is still possible for that person to to try to come and build on your land. But what you now do is that based on the executive order from the courts, you can take that executive order to the police station, who, uh, to the police officers or police station, right? And because they're the law enforcement agents, they come and then they enforce the verdict of the court and they drive that person away from your land. So this is what I'm saying, that according to the word of God, eh, you have seen the realm of God to you has shown you legitimately in your experience that you should not fall sick. And then the enemy is trying to bring sickness seasonally, maybe every three months you fall sick. What you do is that you take that realm of God you take it into spiritual warfare to enforce what the court of heaven has already legitimized in your life. Do you understand that? So the realm of God is also the basis for spiritual warfare. So there is no spiritual warfare that starts if you don't know the realm of God for that situation. If you are praying for your family, let's say your family, um, there's there's a negative pattern in your family you cannot really engage in that warfare if you don't have the rhema of God for your family. So the first thing you do is to go to God, let God reveal his, his rhema concerning your family. And once he does that, he has shown you the, He has shown you the legal basis for that negative experience to stop. And then you can take that legal basis, which is the rhema, and enforce it in prayer, in warfare. Okay? So the second thing <clears throat> I want to say about the rhema of God, excuse me, is that the Rema of God gives us authority? Okay, the Rema of God comes with an authority um, in our lives or, or comes with authority. We um, yeah, have authority on that particular situation or authority concerning that particular matter. All right, so the Rema word of God comes with an authority. What I mean is this that when we receive the Rema of God concerning a particular matter, what happens is that. We now have authority to act, and authority here means spiritual authority. Okay, we have spiritual authority to make that move or to to take that step. Right. So again, um, let me I mean, just my own testimony. When I was going to get married, like I said earlier, I went to God and said, "Lord, what are you? What is your word concerning this this adventure I'm about to begin?" And then God showed me. Excuse me. God showed me from scripture, certain things. I I can't disclose some right now, but he showed me certain things. And when he showed me His from those things from scripture, I saw what my marriage was going to be like. I saw how I was going to be favored. I saw what was going to happen next. I saw those things in scripture and he gave me authority to make the move, even though at that point physical, by physical estimation, I probably should not be planning to get married. Maybe I I should have delayed it for another two or three years. But because of what God had shown me, the rhema that he had shown me, I had the authority to make that advancement in that venture because of what God has shown me. All right. So every time God's rhema comes to you, it comes with an authority to prosecute an action, an authority to go through a season or whatever that experience may be okay so having said all of this this is now the conclusion part of it all right how then do we handle you know the bible calls it the sword of the spirit and um the sword of the spirit means you know i have a pencil here so just assume this is a sword oh uh, where's, my, where's my pen okay let me try so i have this pencil here right i'm holding it the, if i leave the pencil on the table that is in front of me, I am not the, the, the person might be powerful, or let's say this is a sword now. The sword might be powerful, but it's not doing anything, okay? But it is what makes it effective, or what brings the result is when I handle it and I use it properly. Okay. So, how then do we handle the sword of the spirit? That's what I'm going to. How then do we swing the sword of the spirit? What is the practical implementation of swing, of swinging the sword of the spirits one minute all right so what is that practical implementation what does it look like practically yes the sword of spirit is a rema of god i right, have the rema of god so what do i do what then do i do with the remnant of god that i have received okay so two things to do all right um Romans chapter ten verse eight. Let's start with the first one. Romans chapter ten verse eight, and this is you know the the very very practical part of this study, and this is where we're going to wrap up with. All right. So Romans chapter ten verse eight. So we have we have established that the rema of God, um, the sort of God is the is the rema of God, right? The sort of spirit is the rema of God. So what then? How then do we handle that? Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. It says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, meaning the word is near you, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, the, again, the Greek Translation for the word here is Rema. Okay. And please, by all means, I encourage you to check and look this up by yourself. So don't just take my word for it. Like go back and study this by yourself. Okay. But in verse eight, when it says the word is nigh thee, it says the Rema is near you. It says even in your mouth and in your heart. So the first way we handle the Rema of God is in our mouth. That means when God gives us a rema word it should not just stay so you know the bible says that the word of god is in thy mouth and in thy heart so when god gives us a rema word it first and foremost comes to our hearts okay um but it shouldn't end there so let's say i'm studying for an exam a professional exam you know that will be a game changer in my career i'm studying for the exam but based on statistics um only 15 percent of the people that write this exam Eventually pass. And then my heart wants to sink. But then God now comes and shows, and He, he now co- he shows me a revelation and gives me a Rema word from his scripture that says, um, for instance, that says, I will make you the head and not the tail. So among that 15%, you are going to be there. Now, that Rema word, I receive it in my heart when studying or when praying or whatever time the Rema word comes. But it should not just end in my heart alone. The next thing I should do, which really is where the handling of this sword is, I should take that Rema word and put it upon my lips. So remember that we're looking at this in context of the weapon, all right? And I forgot to say this at the beginning, but when you check all the other weapons, the sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon that Paul lists in the armor. So every other thing was defensive to protect us, to protect us, to protect us, but when it came to the sword of the spirit, which is the only thing he mentioned as an offensive weapon, it's not to protect us in that sense. It is an offensive weapon, all right? So what happens is I take that sword, that rema that I've received, and I put it upon my lips. So whenever fear comes in my heart or whenever I am doubting my uh, the outcome of that exam, what I do is I take the word of God, that, that rhema that he has given to me, and then I begin to declare it. I declare it, Over that circumstance, and I say that this exam, I am the head and not the tail. In fact, then another scripture comes to me that says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So this comes to me as a rhema. What I do with that rhema is I keep on declaring it. When I declare the rhema of God, it not only builds faith in my heart, but it also conquers that situation. All right. And let me say also that remember we're dealing with demonic forces here. And the Rema of God, like I said, is a legal basis for an experience occurring in your life. So what I do when I speak the word of God is I am enforcing what the court of heaven has approved in my life. I am enforcing it over my experiences so that it comes to pass. So concerning this exam, for instance, I'm declaring that I am the head and not the tail. I pass this exam. So if there are demonic forces that make people fail, they won't have authority over my own experience because I am enforcing what God has said. So that is the first way we handle the rema of God. That's the first way we handle the sword of the spirit by declaring, by by using our words to release that rema word as a sword, okay? Into, um in, in battle rather for that particular <clears throat> experience. All right, I hope that, that makes sense. I hope that's clear enough. So the first way we do, <clears throat> excuse me, is the first way we exercise this. Um, the, the first way we swing this sword is by using our mouth, by putting the word of God in our mouth. The Bible says the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. When you receive the rhema, it is in your heart. Now you need to take it further and put it on your mouth, okay? And let me say, let me say something here rather, that this is where... We, where we believers differ from people of the world. Now, the people of the world can have positive confessions, which is not bad. It's good to say positive things. But the power is not in positive confession. The power is in the revelation of the word. The power is not that. Is not me saying, um, let's say, let's say I am having a difficult day in the office. Then I come to myself and say, um, you know what? I am in control of my life. Everything is working for my good. Oh, I am excellent. And I say positive things. There is good. There's nothing bad in saying that. But positive confession does not translate into a powerful confession. Because the power is in the rema of God that you put upon your lips. So two people, for instance, may even come and say very similar things. But one person will have an impactful result. The other person will just only have a good feeling and no no results. The difference is because one person is making that statement based on a Rema and the other person is making the statement because it's a nice thing to say. And this is why, where we differ from the people of the world, where the people of the world, you know, motivational speakers, and all of them, all the self-care and self-help people say, Oh, say nice things. Well, how do they say it? Um, they say, let the energy around you be all of that, all of that. The power is not insane. It's not in how nice or how positive the things you say is. The power is in the revelation, the rhema of God that sponsors it. All right. Okay. So the first way we wield this sword or with the first way we swing this sword is by putting it upon our lips. Now, the second way which we do this, um, Oh, let, 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 let me read some scriptures. I skipped some things. Um, Okay, let, let me just, let me not, I won't read them, but I'll just make reference. We, you know, we read Matthew chapter four, when Jesus Christ said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, if you, check, if you read the whole story of the temptation, in verse four, he says, oh, man shall not live by bread alone. In verse seven, he goes on to say, um, man shall not, in response to Satan again, he says, man shall not, sh- the um, scripture says he shall not bow down to any other God. Then lastly, he says, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. At every of these response, Jesus took the word of God and was releasing it was releasing it. And there are many times when the enemy will come, you need to release the word of God. He will come with fear. You release the word of God to counter the fear. You come with doubt. You release the word of God. He will come in terms of situations being complex. Maybe you are applying for a particular um, um, particular role in, a, in an office. And then the, the office comes up with a policy that says, oh, this role cannot be given to people that are not up to a certain age. And you are not up to that certain age, but God has spoken to you, has given you a rhema word that you get a position. That kind of um, opposition comes. You take the word of God and you release it upon your your lips. All right? So that's the first way. The second way we do this, um, let us look at John chapter 5, chapter 15, verse 7. How do we swing the sword of the Spirit? The second way we do this, John chapter 15, And verse 7, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7, all right? Jesus Christ says here that if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, the Greek translated here is rhema. So he says, if you abide in me and my rhema abide in you, then he says, You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. So Jesus was talking about prayer here, that if you abide in me, that is abide in me in a place of constant fellowship and, you know, fellowshipping with me basically. And then it says, and my rhema abides in you. So you have received an utterance from God, and that's what abides in you. Then Jesus Christ says, because of that rhema and the condition of fellowship, you can now ask whatever you will, and to be done for you. So, the second way we handle the rema of God is by taking it up in the place of prayer. Okay, and for emphasis, most, more specifically, um, praying in the spirit. Okay, so when we take the rema of God in the place of prayer, let's say, for instance, um, again, I just let me just make, keep making reference to my before I got married, because since I already mentioned that. So before I got married, right, again, God revealed scriptures to me, most of them from Psalm 18. And what I did was I took that scripture because remember, it is my legal, um, legal right to have that experience, the experience that it talks about. So I took that scripture and I took it to the place of prayer. And I kept on praying that scripture, praying what God has said, praying it in the context of my experience. So for you, for instance, let's say back to that example of, of you not of you being too young to get that position in your office. So let's say there's a position that is vacant and you prayed about it and God has revealed to you his rema word that you take that position, okay? And then um, he gives you a word from scripture. You now take that word back in a place of prayer and you are praying out that word in context of that position that you are applying for. And you are praying it and you are praying it and you are praying it. And in praying it, you overcome demonic forces. In praying it, you... Release the favor of God in the hearts of men towards you, all right? So that because you know, just like Esther, that if the king does not stretch for his scepter, you cannot come into the palace. So, in your office, if the CEO or the HR or whoever is in charge doesn't stretch for the scepter of acceptance to you, you cannot come into that position. So, what you do is you go in the place of prayer, you don't try to manipulate the people, but you take that rhema of God to the place of prayer, keep praying it, keep praying it, keep praying it. Until there's a note of victory. And once there's a note of victory, you see that the scepter of acceptance will be stretched forth to you and you'll be brought into the palace. All right? So that's what we do with the realm of God. We don't just get excited and sit down alone. Also, you don't just stop at declaring it, declaring it. No, you take it into the place of prayer and you wage war with it. And that's what that's what Paul was telling Timothy, that you wage war with the prophecy that has gone forth ahead of you. So that prophecy is like the rhema word. It is a revealed word, a spoken word of God concerning you. You take that and go and wage war with it and say, Lord, this is what your word says. Let's come to pass. Let the demonic forces be overcome. Any resistance to this word, let it be overcome. Let the hearts of men be tailored towards bringing this word to pass. Okay, And this is where we differ again from the people of the world because whereas the people of the world would engage in witchcraft to turn or manipulate the hearts of men, what we do is not to manipulate the hearts of men, but rather we go to God with the word he has given to us, take it in the place of prayer, and then God, the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hand of God, and like the water course, he will direct it whichever way he pleases. So already the heart of the king is in God's hand. You take the realm of God and you begin to, wage warfare in prayer with it so that God in accordance with his word will direct the heart of men to bring his word to pass in your life. So two things, okay. Declaring the word of God and then um, engaging with it in prayer. And do you see that the guarantee for an answered prayer is not necessarily the length of prayer. The guarantee where we read in verse seven, let let me read it again. John chapter 15 verse seven, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. So the guarantee for an answered prayer is not the length of prayer. The guarantee for an answered prayer is not even the man of God that prays for you. The guarantee for an answered prayer here, according to the scripture, is the rema word of God to you. Because he says, if you abide in me, that is in place of fellowship, what will happen is that you will receive a rema word and based on the rema what you receive whatever you ask will be done for you so don't just go blindly into the place of prayer and just pray generically or just just pray pray vaguely no first go and ask god to reveal his word for you concerning that matter your first prayer point should be god reveal your word concerning this matter when he has revealed his word then you can start praying about that particular matter all right okay so i hope that's helpful um so those are two ways we can handle the rhema of God. The rhema of God is the sword of the Spirit. So when Paul says, take the sword of the Spirit, you know which is the Word of God, that is the rhema of God. So when that rhema comes to you, you don't just let it slide. Don't just say, oh, it's nice, it's exciting, and let it go. No, you take it. That's what Paul says. You take the sword of the Spirit. It suggests a proactive action. You don't just receive the rhema of God and oh, I'm happy, I'm excited, and start sharing it around. I say, oh my, Did you know what God told me? God told me, this is what God told me, that like, you know what, in five years, I'm going to own a multi-million, do- multi-million dollar in business. He showed me from this and that, and I begin to share it around. That's not what to do. You take the realm of God, you engage it in declaration, and engage it in prayer, so that it can come to pass in your life. And whenever the enemy comes, remember that, you have the rema of God is the, is what legitimizes the experience, that experience in your life. Okay. So this is where, um, we take questions, but like I said, I wanted maybe two people to share their personal experience, if you don't mind, of a time where in your life where, you know, God, you are going through a season and then God gave you his Rema and then how that Rema helped you through that season, either giving you insights, give, strengthening you, um, um, giving you direction, or whatever the outcome was, if you don't mind sharing with us, you know what one of those experiences, we would love to hear from you, and then we'll take questions after that. Okay, so please share experiences um, with us. The floor is open to you. The floor is open. Please, on mixela Um oops on mixlr feel free to type in your experience um it might be lengthy so i'll give you some time um but feel free to type in your experience and those of us on zoom just let me know um if you want to share your experience and please it it might seem very little or seem in your own terms it might not look like like it's serious but i believe that testimony may help somebody who is going through you know that season of their lives all right so please Share experience. You want to share with us one of the times when you were going through something and then God gave you a REMA award and how that turned out in your life, how that helped you, how, what you did with the REMA award and what the outcome of it was. I would love to hear from us. Um, faith and so to me any of us wants to share i mean just this, this is those of us on zoom on mixlr um you can type in your experience you can type in your experience let me let me give share one one um uh, one experience with us maybe this while while we are thinking or while are putting our own thoughts together let me share one with us so, sometime in 2014, I believe, um, sometime 2014, God spoke to me from um, from a book of Isaiah, and He said to me that I have that He has opened my ears. He has given the tongue of the learned, and so that I will have the words to say to those who are weary. And He says, money by money, He He wakens me to hear right? Um, and to hear like the learned. So basically what God was speaking to me from that scripture was that he has, he's given me a wisdom that is beyond my age at that moment. And the reason for that wisdom is so that I can be able to strengthen those who are weary. When I speak to them, they'll be strengthened and they will have, you know, their, they'll be strengthened in that situation. And so based on that word, what I noticed was, okay, thank you. I see your hand up. Just give me one minute. So what I noticed from that word was that As every time somebody came to me, even though it was impromptu, they came to me with a challenge. Somehow, somehow I had the accurate word of God to help that person in that situation. And that Rema word gave me a new experience. Remember I said the word of Rema word of God will come to you and it would empower you to either do something or become something. And for me, it was, it was that, that was the case that The Rema Word of God empowered me to be to become that person that could speak encouraging words to people, even when it was impromptu. And several and I noticed what God would do was that you bring people in my life, seizing, seizing in and out, and I would be able to have I'll have the right words just to encourage them and speak to them at that point. So that's one of the one of the, the examples and testimonies personally for me of the Rema Word of God in my life. Okay, um, I see your hand up, I, but I don't know your name, so please just let us know. Who you are? I only see iPhone here, so just let us know your name and then go ahead to speak. Praise God! Oh,
2: Hallelujah! Okay, um, I want to share my. Okay, I'm Victoria agape okay that's yeah. my heart, by the way, just for the record. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh,
2: yeah, as you as you say, we should share um a situation where the word. Mm-hmm. of God came as a rema to us. Yes. Some years back, let me say precisely, 2018, this rema from the Word of God came to me, Exodus 23, verses 25 and 26. Mm-hmm. I was actually sick that I've not been able to eat and all of that. Then I read the Word of God that says, You shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and bless your water and take away sickness from you. I read that scripture three times that day. Then I asked myself a question. What is the word saying? Am I serving the Lord? Yes. But am I eating food? No. Am I drinking enough water? No. So I took the word of God literally, and then I prayed it. Every time, even now I'm eating, anytime I want to eat, I'll just say, God, thank you that the food I'm going to eat, the water I'm going to drink will be the fulfillment of your word. And from that scripture, I got my healing without drugs. So when the word of God comes to you and you receive it as a reminder and practice it and believe it, honestly. There is not no drugs, no weapon that is stronger than the word of God. So that became a Rema
1: to me that brought about my healing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Ma. <clears throat> Thanks so much. That was a very powerful testimony. Um, and there's something she said, I just want to highlight again that even till now, she's still experiencing the effect of that Rema world. And this is one of the powers of Rema, that when it comes to you, yes to come you will still be living in the experience of that rema word that has come amazing amazing thank you so much man for sharing all right any other person wants to share with us one more person just share with us what experience you've had in um, with the rema word of god what situation you were in how that helped you what the rema word of god was or, you know what your response was and all of that one more person before we take any question if there is
0: Um, Mixella, I haven't seen any comment from us. Um, Anyone wants to share an experience they've had? Zoom, anybody on Zoom?
1: Okay. So I take it that nobody. All right, so again, let me ask us, do we have a question, any question really, um, from today's Bible study? Okay, yes, Faith, go ahead. Your hands are up. Your
3: hand is up good evening everyone good evening thank you very much for this session. i have two questions okay i'll try to make it really brief so the first question is okay um you get a Roman word and then you're all excited it comes alive in your spirit and you feel like oh yes this is the fulfillment of words word. and then Months down the line, you you just suddenly feel like as if you no. Know, I not know how to explain it. Just suddenly feel like as if you no, know, it doesn't really. I don't know how to say, I don't know how to put it, but basically, it feels as if you no, know, you're not living in that experience anymore, in the sense that maybe. Things have happened that made you even question that did I really receive those
0: words, or it was just? Faith, are you there? Hi, Faith. Second question is that um
3: yes, my internet is. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, go ahead. I can hear you now. So, second question Yeah.
3: Okay. Second question is that um, most of the um, examples you've mentioned are scriptures that come alive with people, and then we define them as rema. When it comes to you and you know that yes, is. is it possible for you to not even a scripture beforehand? Like, for example, you've never heard of it anywhere. You've not. You've, Never heard of it anyway, and then just probably hear some seventy six verse twenty two. Is it possible? Can you call that rema? I don't know if that, my question
1: makes sense. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes, I get your question. Um. So let me start with the first one. So you receive the rema of God, but then some weeks or months down the line, um, nothing materially has happened, and you there are several occurrences that you, that is even making you doubt. The validity of the word you have received. So let me first say that that is a very common experience, and you are not alone in that experience. Almost, almost everyone um, who has journeyed with God has had that experience. Even Abraham, the father of faith, God had promised him that he would be, he would have a child. And at some point, Abraham told God and said, "God, is this how you are going to deal with me? I don't have any children yet. Is, um, is it my servant that will inherit that would be?" the hair of my um, um, of my possessions. You know, there'll be a hair to me. And, you know, so at that point, he was sort of in doubt, as he were, not, not necessarily that he questioned God's, or God's, God's integrity, but there was just nothing that had happened to show that the word of God was true. And let me also say that um, many times the the excitement and euphoria we feel when we receive the word of God initially might not be the same way we feel some days or weeks or months down the line so when god speaks to you let's say you're you're praying you're praying and then god speaks to you when that rama word comes you are excited but the next two weeks you might not be feel that excitement again and that is fine and so on that note let me say first that Your feelings don't, doesn't have anything to do with the authority and validity of God's word. The only question you have to ask yourself is, did God say this? If the answer is yes, then that is it. No matter how you feel, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it's not, it's not a factor in the experience of that, of that word. Second is that the reason why many times we Get to a point where we either question if what we've heard is correct, or we question whether it will come to pass, or whether we heard well, or maybe just questioning the word entirely. Many times is because when we heard the rhema of God first, we did not revisit it over and over again. And this is where we we need to be wise as believers that when God's word comes to us, the enemy would always come to question God's word in our lives. He might not come, he might not come to question the word in verbally he will use circumstances to question the word but at the end of the day it's just he, it is the enemy question the word of god just like he questioned eve in the garden of eden and said did god really say you should know it from this the same way maybe god has spoken to you about your your marriage or about your family or your business and the enemy will come and say in a situation he will use the situation to ask you did god really say and that, the aim of that experience is to question God's word in your heart. So what do you do in such cases? And in fact, what I encourage you to do is you don't wait for that period to come. You, The moment you receive the word of God, create a schedule around that word that allows you to internalize the word of God over and over and over again. Because the word of God doesn't diminish in power, but it's possible for you for it to diminish in your consciousness. And remember, the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, according to the power that is at work in you. So if the power at work in you reduces, then the manifestation of God will also reduce seemingly. So what you do is to keep the power of God at work in you high. And the way you do that is by consistently going back to the word of God. And this is a very simple practice. Have make the word of God create a confession around what god has revealed to you and say it daily say it often say put a a periodic um a periodic schedule to you declare god's word while you over declaring that word rather in your heart and um over that situation the reason is so that your faith will not sink and you will not begin to doubt it because the first time god's word comes to you the rema comes to you you'll be excited you'll really be excited but further down the line when situations come at you, like Nigerians would say, bas left, right, and center, then you might want to doubt what God says. The only reason why you will not doubt is if you've had a, a consistent practice of keeping the word of God in your consciousness through meditation and, you know, declaration of God's word, all right? So that's the first question. Um, second question is, can, can a scripture come to you that you have never read the answer is yes, but before I answer that, let me say, tell you how God predominantly gives us a rhema word. M- predominantly and most often, God gives us a rhema word as a result of the internalization of the logos. You know, remember we talked about the logos, the general scripture. So for instance, I, I'm reading the Bible. I'm not necessarily looking for anything specific, but just for my healthy spiritual work, I'm reading the word of God, reading the word of God, I'm storing it in my heart. Then maybe a situation comes, or in my prayer time, or study, or something. God now gives me a rema word from what I have studied. That is the common way God gives us a rema word. However, there are also exceptional experiences where you have might have never read a scripture, and then God just speaks to you. Maybe says Zechariah chapter three verse ten, and you have never read Zechariah chapter three verse ten. But when you open it, you read it, and it speaks to you exactly what you need for that situation. So yes, those experiences happen. However, those experiences are not common. So I would not suggest you, you base your expectation on those experiences. Rather, the common um, way God does it is that internalize the word of God, read the word of God, study the word of God. I like the way my my, my dad explained this to us even while we're growing up, that the word of God is like a, think of a treasure box, a, let's say a treasure, a treasure bucket that's really big. Every time you read the scripture, you pour treasures in that bucket. When situations come, what the Holy Ghost does is he goes into your storage tank, right? And brings out a scripture that is appropriate for that situation. And that is the common way God gives us a Rema word. However, in exceptional um, experiences, he can speak to us directly a scripture that we have never read. Is it that maybe he tells us the verse this of the scriptures, say malachi 2 verse 5 for instance or he tells us what the scripture says and then we go and find the verse um, like that and when we find it we see that there's actually maybe god says something to you and you don't know that it's in the scripture but when you go and maybe let's say you google it or you search or ask your friends around and i say oh this is actually what this this is exactly what this scripture says you know and then that is a remember what to you so yes it's possible but it's not a common experience Okay, um let me see. Is there a question on Mixella? None. All right. Um okay. Lastly, before we go, okay. No, we're not gonna take that. Okay, we're out of time. I was going to ask you to all right. This is what we're going to do while I'm taking the announcements. Please just type in the comments section one thing you learned today. Let me know we're together. Let me know that we learned we've learned something today. Please, everybody, type one thing you've learned today. Both on Mixellar and on Zoom, just type it in while we conclude. All right. So yeah, this is the end of it um, today's study. Thank you everyone for joining us, and this concludes our series on um, concludes our series on the armor of God. There's something. I, okay, I won't. I won't bring that. I won't bring that up because we're out of time. But there's something. The next verse, you know, is quite an interesting one. All right. But this is the conclusion of our series on the armor of God. So please, if you missed any one, or you just want to do a refresher on any of the armors we have um, studied, please, the messages are on, the, on our podcast and um, you can go and get it there. All right, please t- type in what you learned, one thing you learned. I'm really looking forward to it. Just one thing you learned today from today's Bible study, all right? Type it in the comment section um, on whatever platform you're joining us on right now okay so announcement um next week we're doing a new um we're looking at something is a refresher course actually we want to look at praying in tongues and you know what is praying in tongues and all of that so we want to do a refresher around that okay so the holy ghost dropped that in my heart you know i think that was yesterday or so so we'll do that refresher course next week that probably take us like two weeks or so okay um we're still looking forward to having a meeting this month. I announced it for those of us in Lagos. We are aiming to have a fiscal meeting this month. Um, the details are not yet available, but I will let us know when they are. So please just keep your calendar open. Most likely it will be on a Saturday or on a day where you are not going to work. So please keep your calendar open and um, we will share, I'll share more details with us by before the end of this week. Okay, then lastly is... Please, we have prayer clusters. Oh, good news, by the way. I don't know if I announced, I announced this last week. But good news is that we have a prayer cluster opening in Canada. Um, um, we have having a prayer cluster for Canada, actually. So for those of us that are in Canada, because we're over different time zones, uh, we might not be able to join the other prayer clusters, you know, because the time of the time difference. So we have a special, you know, prayer cluster for those in Canada and also those that are not necessarily in Canada, but the time, the timing works for you, so we, we would love to. Um, you can, you are free to join us, right? So that is one, and we're starting that by this weekend. We should fully kickstart that, I believe. But we already have people, you know, joining in. and that's exciting. So if you have somebody in Canada, as long as the person, if as long as I have someone in Canada inviting, whether the person is a believer or not, whether the person is a Christian or not, tell them there's something amazing going on, and then they should come in. And join us all right um so i think that's it um is there anybody okay let me read our comments so um faith says what she learned is that rama legitimizes experience it's like a court order it forms the basis for spiritual warfare it forms the basis for spiritual warfare fantastic thank you so much faith um evelyn says that i learned that when i received the RHEMA award I must engage with it and not let it go. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that evening. When I engage the Rema word, I must engage it and not let it go. Thank you. Um, On MixLR, Cecil says what he learned, don't go blindly into the place of prayer and pray generically. The first prayer should be for God to reveal his word concerning the situation. Fantastic. So prayer only begins when God, when the will of God is known, right? When, you re, when God has revealed his will. So the first thing you do is pray for God's will to be revealed. Thank you, CCO. Joy says, I learned to have a scheduled confession around the rema word I receive in order to keep it in my consciousness. Thank you so much, um, Joy, for sharing that. This is what we've learned. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. Um, okay, I think at this point, oh, one more thing. Please, if you're join, joining us for the very first time, we would love to meet you we are way over time but just would love to meet you quickly so please if this is your first time joining us from anywhere um, on any platform just let us know where you are joining us from and who invited you so we can welcome you um, warmly all right let us know where you're joining us from okay so let me say what of prayer and we're done father we thank you for your word we thank you for the privilege of receiving your rhema in our hearts um, the sword of the, of the spirits, we ask that you help us to engage the Rema word of God adequately through declarations, confession, and also through prayer. We ask, Father, that if there's any Rema we have received that we've not adequately engaged, we ask that you bring it back to our consciousness. Help us to engage it, with, to be diligent in engaging it in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen 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 all right please thank you all once again for joining us today
0: um this is the end